In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Several years ago, Cassie and I joined her family on a vacation in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and her dad was interested in buying and building a kit aerobatic biplane. The factory where they made these kits was just 20 miles south of where we were staying, so he and I decided to head down and get a tour, and it was a pretty cool experience. The owner of the business took us around the factory, and we got to learn all about that aircraft. We saw the first ever prototype. We saw the CNC machine that cut out the thousands of ribs and struts and connecting pieces for the kit. We saw planes in various stages of construction. We learned all about what made that aerobatic plane special. We learned about the engine that's three times more powerful than it needs to be. That's pretty cool. We learned about the wings and how on a normal airplane, the wings are curved only on the top. But on this plane, they were curved top and bottom, so the plane didn't care if you were flying right side up or upside down. I left that two-hour tour knowing a lot about that particular biplane. The next day, we headed to the airport where their test pilot happened to be in town and was gonna take my father-in-law on a flight. I watched them from the ground, thankfully, when they landed, Doug told me all about the aileron rolls and the barrel rolls, the flips and the tricks that they had done. And then something very unexpected happened when the test pilot turned to me and said, your turn. <laughs> I thought about it for a couple of milliseconds and I agreed to go. And so he helped me strap into the five-point harness, and then he said something that I will never forget. He said, if anything goes wrong, this is your ripcord. Pull it. <laughs> and in a moment, I knew that it didn't matter how much I knew about that airplane. I was about to get to know it intimately. And it almost got to know my breakfast intimately. We spun and we flipped and we spiraled so much that morning that my equilibrium was scrambled for three years. <laughs> we had children afterwards and I couldn't ride the merry-go-round at the mall. I was still so screwed up. Now there's a tendency on Trinity Sunday to do a lot of talking about the doctrine and dogma of the Trinity. Sermons about the various points of doctrine that got ironed out to settle on the Nicene Creed will be prevalent around the world today. Various ways of thinking about the triune God will be explored and heresies will abound. God will be described as water, liquid, ice, and steam. God will be described as a star, light, heat, and radiation. God will be described as different modes, the creator, the redeemer, the sanctifier. And there is, without a doubt, a whole lot of talk going on this morning around the world, helping people to know more about the triune God. And that's not a bad thing, but all the many ways that we can talk about God leave us feeling just a little bit empty. 
because quite frankly, we could talk about, write about, read about God until the end of our days and still not even begin to begin to understand God. More importantly, even if we could know everything there is to know about God, it pales in comparison to knowing God. So I believe that Trinity Sunday is celebrated each year not to help us come to understand more about God, but instead to call us into a deeper relationship with the triune God that we profess to follow. The triune God who meets us and makes himself known to us as Father who creates, as Son who redeems, and as Spirit who guides, and sanctifies, and protects. So the question this morning is not, how much do you know about God? I will not be giving you a quiz on the Trinity this morning. But simply the question is, do you know God? I think this is what Jesus is getting at with his disciples in our gospel lesson for today. We've jumped all the way back to the upper room on the night before Jesus died. He's already had dinner with his disciples, broken bread and shared the cup. He's already washed their feet. Judas has already left. Jesus has already given them the new commandment, that they love one another. At this point in Jesus' long farewell discourse to his disciples, he has told them everything about what is going to happen over the next few days. But he says there is more, and they can't bear it yet. Because at some point it becomes impossible to continue to learn more about something. You just have to experience it. For the disciples, the next 72 hours are going to be a whirlwind of heartache and fear, confusion and hope. And no matter how many times Jesus tried to describe it to them before his death and resurrection, until they see it for themselves, or for Thomas until he touches his hands and puts his hand in Jesus's side, they just can never really quite get it. Some 2,000 years later, we are on the other side, I think, of the disciples' conundrum. They had not yet experienced death and resurrection, and so they just couldn't bear it. And we are so far removed from Jesus's death and resurrection that we can barely bear it ourselves. And so we have to rely on the Holy Spirit, whom we met in great detail last Sunday on the day of Pentecost, to lead us into all truth. It's through the guiding of the Holy Spirit that we can experience the things of God which we simply cannot learn through sermons or Bible study or reading theology. It's through the spirit of truth that we come to know the love of God, not just about the love of God. And it's through the spirit of truth that we are able to share not just about the love of God, but to share 
the abundant love of God that is poured out upon us to a world that desperately needs it. I got to spend Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning with Bishop White and Canon Coltis, who had come down to uh, survey tornado damage and meet with some community leaders. And I've talked with them dozens of times since December 11th. But until they were able to see it firsthand, they only knew about the storm. Now they have begun to feel and experience the aftermath. They were also able to experience in real life terms the amazing work being done by Habitat for Humanity, Hotel Inc., our city leaders, the long-term recovery group, and Christ Episcopal Church to help build hope in our community. In those 10 hours we spent together, they got to see the love of God as it has been lived out over and over and over again in this community over the last six months. And as they got ready to leave, they shared with me just how much they could feel the love of God at work here. Knowing that it is our faith in the triune God that sustains and empowers us for the long work ahead. So on Trinity Sunday, we are invited. We are invited to strap into the aerobatic biplane that is the life of faith and to trust the parachute of the Holy Spirit, to follow God into a world eager to have us help, to help folks experience the love, grace, and mercy of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May the Spirit of truth lead you into all truth, giving you grace to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and to know, experience, and share the wonderful works of God. Amen.